Coming to you from deep inside the vaults of the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music, here is Tom Holmes, your curator and guide to vintage electronic music and audio experimentation. This episode, Cross Currents in Electronic Tape Music in the United States. Welcome to the Archive of Electronic Music. This is Tom Holmes. Continuing our geographic excursion on cross-currents in early electronic music, this episode focuses on magnetic tape works created in the United States from 1950 to 1970. In two previous episodes, we explored the same era for the French and German so-called schools of electronic music that were founded around national radio facilities, but there was no such thing in the United States. Instead, what we had here was a smattering of studios found at universities, regional radio stations, and private individuals. This essentially decentralized approach in the United States without a single institution or pedagogical framework for producing electronic music, led, I believe, to the amazingly diverse styles and approaches that were taken. We have the cinematic creations of B.B. and Lewis Barron, the indeterminate or randomized creations of John Cage, various styles of academic music emerging from Columbia University, Mills College, Brandeis, and the University of Illinois, the experimental work of individual radio producers who were interested in tape manipulation, and the astounding work of individual artists at their own studios, as represented by B.B. Barron, Gordon Muma, and Todd Dockstadter. Women were also among the vanguard of electronic music in the United States. Among them, we will listen to works by B.B. Barron, Wendy Carlos, Jean Eichelberger Ivy, Pauline Oliveros, Alice Shields, and Prill Smiley. In addition, we will touch on works by Jim Fassett, Kenneth Gaburo, Henry Jacobs, Otto Looning, Harry Olson, Vladimir Usachevsky, and the African American composer Ollie Wilson. That's a lot of tape music. The history of American electronic music on magnetic tape is not a continuum of gradual improvements and developments threaded together like a strand of stylistic DNA. It is largely an explosion of parallel activities all inspired by the ability to record and edit sounds, found sounds, acoustic sounds, instruments, machine sounds, electronic sounds, nature sounds, it was all game, and it was all happening at the same time by the many different schools of thought about what modern music could do with electronics. We will celebrate this turbulent frenzy of activity by hearing some selected examples from those times. I am presenting these in chronological order. If you go back and look at the playlist, you may be surprised by the kinds of music that was all happening 
at the same time, sometimes even in the same year. For example, contrast the work of Milton Babbitt at the Columbia Princeton Electronic Music Center and the work of Todd Dockstadter with his sonorous anarchy of noise coming out of his Gotham recording studio in New York. Interestingly, Dockstadter's application to work at the Columbia Princeton studio was rejected by the institution's heads at the time. Or you may want to contrast experiments occurring at the Cooperative Studio for Electronic Music in Ann Arbor and the San Francisco Tape Music Center all around 1965. This audio journey begins with Bibi and Louis Barron four years before their work on the film Forbidden Planet would be known. Bibi once told me about a work they produced in 1950 called Heavenly Menagerie, a seven-minute piece that would have been the first piece of electronic or abstract electronic music made on magnetic tape in the United States. Without a copy of that work, however, we turn instead to the year 1952 and their soundtrack to Bells of Atlantis. Then we will hear John Cage's revolutionary exercise in tape editing called Williams Mix. The Barons also contributed to that project by recording hundreds of remote sounds for Cage. Still in 1952, we will hear three works by Otto Luning and Vladimir Utsuchevsky that were presented at the Museum of Modern Art in New York in October of that year. They came at electronic music from a more classical point of view, offering up pieces that had form and structure and often used instruments, such as the flute, which Luning played. These works were realized in the makeshift Tape Music Center at Columbia University, the precursor of the Columbia Princeton Electronic Music Center. From the early to mid-1950s, we'll hear some tape experiments intended to appeal to the broader radio broadcast audience, created independently by Henry Jacobs at KPFA in Berkeley and Jim Fassett, a CBS radio musical director with a nationwide audience for his Sunday program called Strange to Your Ears. The Columbia Princeton Electronic Music Center was founded to put the new RCA music synthesizer to work in an academic music environment. We'll hear some fairly ordinary demonstrations by one of its inventors, Harry Olson, from 1955, plus a landmark piece by composer Milton Babbitt, who put the synthesizer to task, realizing his serial compositions. Other composers who got a start at the Columbia Princeton studio will also be heard and include Wendy Carlos with Dialogues for Piano and Two Loudspeakers, Prill Smiley with Eclipse, originally composed for four separate tracks to surround the audience from four corners of the room, and then Alice Shields with a piece based on the processing of her own vocal sounds. From the University of Illinois, We'll hear work by Ollie Wilson and Kenneth Garburo. Pauline Oliveros and Steve Reich both composed tape delay works at the San Francisco Tape Music Center. Composer Gene Eichelberger Ivy realized Pinball at the Electronic Music Studio of Brandeis University based on the sounds of a pinball machine. Todd Dockstadter from New York created a drone piece based on the sounds of an electric guitar for which he created a Doppler effect that reminded him of so many racing cars. 
And then Gordon Muma in Ann Arbor realized the Dresden interleaf, which had a middle section comprised of the, quote, harrowing roar of live alcohol-burning model airplane engines, unquote. The playlist notes for this episode are especially informative and long, so please see the podcast website for those. Okay, let's get started with cross-currents and electronic tape music in the United States on the Archive of Electronic Music. This is Tom Holmes. I am of the race of men and women who see all things through a curtain of sea. I remember my first birth in water. I sway and float, stand on boneless toes, listening for distant sounds, sounds beyond the reach of human ears, Seeing things beyond the reach of human eyes. Born full of memories of the bells of Atlantis. Always listening for lost sounds and searching for lost colors. Lost in the colors of Atlantis. Colors running into one another without frontiers. It was like yawning. I loved the ease and the blindness of the suave voyages on the water, bearing one through obstacles. Far beneath the level of storms, I slept. I moved within color and music, like inside a sea diamond. There were no currents of thoughts, only the caress and flow of desire. Mingling, touching, traveling, withdrawing, wandering. The endless bottoms of peace. Thank <laughs> you. 
Atlantis could only be found at night by the root of the dream. me up to the surface.
The sound you're hearing in the background is a loop of tape. A loop approximately eight inches in perimeter, recorded at seven and a half inches a second, spliced end to end, going through a tape recorder. The purpose of this little tape demonstration is to give an idea of the overall evolution of my particular approach to synthetic rhythms. I showed you just a moment ago what a short loop of tape sounds like in a loop. Now I'm going to play one with a longer interval, a longer piece of tape. The instruments that I make these loops on are a pair of Indian tabla, one of which I have here. Actually, striking the drum in this way doesn't give any anywhere near the overall range of sounds which I can get from this drum by using various techniques with a recorder. Now I'm going to add a single note on this same drum, this one that goes so, and show you how we can change the rhythm slightly, give a very strange sound from this drum. That popping sound that you hear was created with this small Indian tabla. Another instrument I use is a Haitian conga drum. The variation in sounds with this drum you'll notice that we got two distinct sounds out of the conga drum by striking the drum as we started the tape mechanism rolling, at which time it's traveling at a slower speed than normal. Therefore, the sound covers a smaller area of the tape and raises itself in pitch. So these drums are capable of providing quite a few different sounds. I use a few bells. I use vocal sounds, and I'll give a demonstration of vocal sounds. This technique, incidentally, requires at least two tape recorders, one to make loops on and play them back while you record them onto a regular uh, magnetic tape. So we'll start with Sonata for Loudspeaker, which used some of the aforementioned instruments, uh, as well as vocal sound.
Sonata for loudspeaker in three parts, using a variety of drums and vocal sounds. The next step after this was to work primarily on percussion and rhythm and to find out what I could about the characteristics of rhythm. I'm going to play another early experiment. step really which occupied me for another five months or so was working with two rhythms simultaneously and I managed to do this by using a binaural tape recorder recording one constant rhythm on one channel and variations on another are played on two tape recorders and instead of using contrasting sounds as in the earlier compositions the same basic sound pattern is used and uh, for example one uh, measure or a cycle of it is contrasted with a distorted two, two and a half, three, three and a half or four cycle the rhythm is constantly changing. You get the kind of same asymmetrical pattern that you get in African rhythms.
Here's a short thing that exploited mostly vocal sounds. You've been listening to a tape demonstration of a group of experiments in synthetic rhythm, which I was doing in 1953 and 1954. Here are perfectly familiar sounds, sounds you've heard around the house time and time again. But each one of these sounds, as you hear them now, will be strange to your ears. How many can you identify? Here's number one. Number two. Number three. four. Number five. Number six. Seven.
Number 10. Number 13. Fourteen. Number fifteen. Sixteen. Seventeen. Number eighteen. Nineteen. 
number 20. familiar sounds, every one. Can you identify them?
listening to Cross Currents and Electronic Tape Music in the United States on the Archive of Electronic Music. This is Tom Holmes.
scribe Ani, I have obtained the mastery over the animals with the knife in their heads and their locks of hair who live among their emeralds, the aged and the shining beings who prepare the moment of Osiris Ani, triumphant in peace. I do not speak evil in the place of right and truth. Being shrouded in darkness, sailing to keep the festival of the dead one, embracing the old man, the guardian of the earth. Osiris, Osiris, the scribe Ani.
If you enjoyed cross currents and electronic tape music in the United States on the Archive of Electronic Music. This is Tom Holmes.
Details about all the music can be found in the playlist on the podcast website. Check out my blog for the Bob Moog Foundation. There is a link on my podcast website. A transcript of notes for the program are found on my blog, Noise and Notations, located at tomholmes.com. If you would like to learn more about the history of electronic music, please read my book, Electronic and Experimental Music, published by Routledge, in print or as an ebook. You may also want to read my book about sound art, also available from Routledge. If you enjoyed this podcast, I invite you to explore our library of past episodes. They span many genres, technologies, and artists associated with electronic music, from symphonic rock to music for meditation, all inspired by vintage recordings from my archives. So long for now from the Archive of Electronic Music. All of the music heard on this podcast is brought to you from the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music, a curated collection of vintage recordings. For a complete playlist, go to thehomesarchive.podbean.com. All crackles, surface noise, and other imperfections heard in this podcast are purely intentional. All intro, outro, and other incidental music is by Tom Holmes, unless otherwise noted in the playlist. For notes about this episode, please see the blog Noise and Notations at TomHolmes.com. So long from the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music.